Wow, what a great Easter we had. You know that song we just played for the video is a song written by this community. And we're going to be talking more about that in our worship series in the next few weeks. And Pastor Michael and the team have been working on more songwriting. And so it's pretty exciting what the Lord is doing. But what a great Easter that we had last Sunday. And as Lisa said, 300 kids. Uh, I think we had at least close to, if not record, attendance in our services uh, in the last number of years, that's for sure. And our, also our satellite campus, um, Imagine Church, they, they had uh, 250 people uh, there. And so that's growing. And so we're just seeing the favor and the blessing of God as we move together on mission uh, in vision together. We had 17 people uh, make a decision for Christ last Sunday. We had uh, eight people baptized in water, as you saw in the video. And three people, I, I thought it was four, but it was three people, I think, that were baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, last, last Sunday. And so we're thankful for what God is doing. He's, he's at work, and Jesus changes everything, right? And uh, he's changing us, and he's moving us forward. And so this morning, uh, if you have your Bible, we're going to look at a few different passages of Scripture. As Chris mentioned, there's uh, an opportunity for you to take notes in the, in the bench in front of you. There's uh, uh, just a flyer there for you with some information and a place for you to to jot down some ideas. But as we start our worship series, Matthew chapter 28, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we're also going to be looking at Revelation this morning. And if you're new to church or maybe uh, you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We will have scripture on the screen for you as well. If you say, well, what does that even mean? I don't know where to find it. That's all right. We've got the scripture for you on the screen. Uh, But if you're following along and taking notes, those are the scriptures we're going to look at. About a year ago, we took a couple Sundays and we focused on worship as a church. And as I was praying, I was thinking about where do we go after Easter? There was kind of a direction that we were talking about, but as I began to pray and seek the Lord, I felt like God saying, I want to call my people back again to this theme of worship. And I feel like what God is wanting to do is he is wanting to strengthen us as worshipers. The Bible says that the Father is seeking worshipers, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And as we gather around this for the next four weeks, this theme of worship, I'm believing that the Lord is going to strengthen us in in this area. He's going to call us deeper corporately or collectively, I should say, and also individually in our lives. And we'll discover as we worship God that his power and his purposes flow from that place of worship. We're so thankful that because of Jesus... Because of his death on the cross, because he forgave our sins, he's made us sons and daughters. Uh, and we have that access. But as we worship them, so there's, there's nothing that we can do that will make God love us anymore. But as we worship and as we learn to be a worshiping people, a worshiping house, worshiping individuals, worshiping families, we partner and we walk in the authority of being a son and a daughter. We act, and we partner with God as he builds his kingdom. You see, worship is, is not just about uh, singing some songs out of re- religious excitement. When we come together, we're excited and we just sing songs. It, it's, it's, it's so much more than, than just being excited about God, although we, we worship him and we're excited. It, it's, not, it's not because God has some kind of uh, insecurity that he somehow is, is, is feeling like, oh, I just want my people to worship me more because, you know, I'm somehow insecure. It has nothing to do with it, but worship is us partnering in, in the kingdom of God, the dynamic, in the release 
uh, of what God is doing and he's at work doing in our city and what he's doing in our families. I'm telling you, worshiping individuals and worshiping families and worshiping businessmen and worshiping teachers and worshiping young people and worshiping children will walk in and experience a dynamic in the kingdom of God that is unprecedented. As we walk in, he's calling us deeper. He's calling us deeper in the river. He's calling us past ankle deep. He's calling us past knee deep. He's calling us past waist deep. And he's calling us deeper in the purposes in the river that is already flowing. And a worshiping people catch the wind of the Spirit. A worshiping people catch the heart of God. And and we begin to get a fresh revelation again of Jesus and who he is. And he draws us in. And we begin to see the kingdom of God begin to be established in new and supernatural ways. And so God is calling us Again, back to his heart in this season. And some of you say, well, we did this a year ago. Well, we're doing it again by the grace of God. And so if you're a long-time Jesus follower, I believe that you're going to get something from this series over the next four weeks. I believe that you're going to grow as a worshiper in your life. And if you're brand new to church, I want to help you today understand why we worship. And I want to help us today look at why we worship I'm going to give you a couple biblical or doctrinal perspectives as well as a couple of practical things that that help us in this area of worship to move into a deeper dynamic uh, of being kingdom people. It will deepen our intimacy. It will activate God's power and God's purposes through our lives. The English word that we have for worship comes from an old English term, term, worth-ship. It's about ascribing worth to something. In the Hebrew, uh, the word for worship is to bow down or to prostrate yourself. To like, there's a physical response, and throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, there there's physical responses that are actually attributed to this idea of what it means to worship. And some people say, "Well, I just worship God kind of in my own way and my." My quiet way, and there's a, there's a there's an appropriate place to be quiet in worship before the Lord. So you be you, okay? You don't have to be anybody else. But there's also something that happens as we physically express our praise from with the fruit of our lips, giving thanks, as we begin to speak words into the atmosphere. <laughs> Things begin to change and the kingdom of God begins to establish. You see, we're created in the image of God. And God being a creator, he spoke the universe into existence. He spoke, he spoke and things took place. Creation took place. And God has made us in the same way to be creative in that same creative anointing to begin to establish things with our words physically as we worship we begin to honor God and lift up his name and establish who he is again in our lives and it's not so much that again that God somehow is needy but it's us again aligning our hearts and our our minds to the word of God to who he is and we begin to see things shift the power of words Let's, we need to be careful with our words because words are powerful. Blessing and cursing should not come out of the same fountain. But as we learn to be worshipers in a greater revelation of Jesus, as we speak his name, even as we did this morning, uh, we see this dynamic of worship take place. But it's this idea of reverence and awe before the Lord 
A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to do some mission work in, in Zambia and in Zimbabwe. And right in the middle between those two countries, there's a place called Victoria Falls. And Victoria Falls is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And we had a day off to go and to visit. And Victoria Falls is twice as deep as Niagara Falls. It's the, the largest waterfall uh, in the world. And it's spectacular because not only is there a waterfall, but there, there are rainbows that encircle Victoria Falls because of the way the sun is. And on certain times of the year when there's a full moon, even throughout the night, as the moon reflects on this water, there's uh, lunar rainbows that take place. I mean, it's just the most incredible and beautiful place. And I was excited about going to see this. So a pastor that was with me, we, we went and we were walking along the path and it was misty and it was jungly. And finally we got to this place of a clearing. We saw this beautiful rainbow and there were people there that were just standing in awe of Victoria Falls. And it was to the point where I didn't want to leave. I just stood there for, I don't know how long it was, but I just, I looked and I, I saw the wonder of God's creation and the beauty and the rainbows that encircled the, the, the falls and the sun and the sounds and the, the sunlight on my, on the sun on my skin, the warmth of the sun and the sound of birds chirping and animals and the breeze and the smell and the scents and everything taking in. And I thought, no wonder this is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And all I could do was stand there as I experienced it. And I believe that worship starts with a fresh experience in God. A fresh revelation of who He is. That we become worshipers. And why we worship is we're responding to this revelation of who God is. Why we worship is we're overwhelmed again. And if it's been a while since you and I have been overwhelmed by God, we need a fresh overwhelming to take place in our lives. We, we need to stand in awe of God and who He is. And when we do, what happens is worship rises up in our hearts. And things begin to shift and change in God's purposes and His power begins to manifest. There's a Bible verse that talks about how God's presence, how the Lord dwells in the praises of his people. And there's all kinds of stuff on the internet, like scholars and people, they argue about what, kind of what that means. But I believe it, it is what it says it is. I believe there's a manifest presence of the Spirit. There's a manifest presence of God as we worship him. Something supernatural happens in a room. Something supernatural happens in your car. Something supernatural takes place in your bedroom with the door closed. As you worship God, as you call out, what happens is you experience his power and his reality and his presence. And he gives you a fresh revelation of who he is. And the dynamic and the strength of God is established and rises in your life. And it's the same for a church. The dynamic of God is the same in a city as God's people worship Him. Last Sunday was Easter and we talked about the, the resurrected Christ as He was resurrected and now He was encountering people in person and He was showing His disciples the, the wounds in His hands and on, in His side and in His feet. And they encountered the resurrected Christ. They had conversations with the resurrected Christ. And in Matthew 28, Jesus now had resurrected and it says that the 11 disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And watch this, it says, and when they saw him, 
they worshipped him. When they revealed him, when they saw Jesus again, they worshipped him. And this is what it flows from a place of, revolution, of revelation, rather, as we get a fresh revelation of God. And Paul talks about this in Ephesians, that what happens in worship is it comes from a place of, of revelation. His prayer for the church in Ephesus was this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. This is Paul's prayer. I pray for you that you would get a revelation, that you would know him more, that there would be a deeper uh, relationship that you would have with God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, that your heart would wake up. In other words, that your life would wake up to God's reality, to who he is, to his love for you, to his power. That's my prayer for you, church, that your heart would wake up is what Paul is saying. I I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you would know the hope which he has called you in, the riches of his glory inheritance in the people, and his incomparably great power. Look at that. There's power. As as your heart wakes up, there's, there's power for your life. For us who believe the power is the same, watch this, the same mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. It's the same power as your heart wakes up, as there's a fresh revelation of God and who he is. Our hearts wake up to him. And so as we get a fresh revelation of God, here's here's why we worship today. Here's a couple biblical or doctrinal things first. We worship because of who God is. This is why we worship him. We don't just worship him because we feel like singing to Jesus or we don't. But we worship God simply because of who he is. He's a mighty God. He is worthy of our worship. Psalm 96 says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. And I think that we misunderstand worship when we get too cavalier or casual about our approach before the Lord in our lives. I think this is where backsliding happens. I think this is where people wander and walk away from the Lord because they begin to see Jesus in a way that is not truly who he is. They begin to understand God in in a way where God is distant or God is angry or God is irrelevant or God is old-fashioned. And they begin to believe the lies perhaps of others around them, the culture, some different things that come against them and mindsets and thinking rather than rooting their their, their uh, lives in the word of God. They begin to believe other lies about who God is. And we can quickly be drift from a place of worship in our lives where we don't pay attention to God very much and we don't find ourselves in a place of worship or hunger because we just have an idea of what we think about God. But we, God is calling us back to say, look, I want to call you back to a place of worship and, and it starts with understanding that we worship him for who he is. And that Paul, he was saying to the church in Ephesus, that, that you may know him is, was his prayer. I pray that your eyes would be open and your heart would wake up, you would be enlightened, that you, the eyes of your understanding would, would understand how amazing God is because I want you to know him more. And Paul himself had that kind of experience personally. He had a revelation of Jesus, the resurrected Christ. Paul, who was uh, a hater of the church, he was the church's biggest hater, I mean, he would get up on social media and say all kinds of nasty stuff about Christians. 
And people would even like it and stuff. And I mean, he, like, he got even meaner than that. It says that he was at one point breathing murderous threats against the church. And so Paul, in his pride, in his education, everything changed for him when he encountered the risen Christ. And Jesus said, why do you kick against the goads? Or why are you going against me? And I think Jesus probably appreciated Paul's passion, but how many know it was misdirected? (laughs) And I love that about God. You may be in this place today, you may be passionate about certain things, or passionate about art, or passionate about science, or passionate about education, or passionate about parenting, or passionate about business, or passionate about real estate, or passionate about some of these things. But could it be that it's misdirected and that the Holy Spirit wants to call you back, give you a fresh revelation of who he is? Because Paul was passionately against, and and Jesus said, why are you going against me? I want you to go for me. But what happened was when he got a fresh revelation, he became a worshiper. His whole life turned upside down. His whole life changed as he got a revelation. And this was his prayer. He said for the Ephesians, I pray that you would experience Jesus in, in a similar way that I experienced Jesus, that he would be undeniable to you. That you could never be the same and that your passions would, 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 because our passions can become idols in our lives if they're not directed towards the Lord. Our, our, our passions can be idols if they're self-serving only. But as we offer our passion, offer our gifts, offer, as we did this morning, our children, everything that we have from God, we offer it to him. That's worship to him. And he blesses and he strengthens us and he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. And John, one of Jesus' disciples on the Isle of Patmos, later in his life, he wrote the whole book of Revelation. And, he sat, and as he sat there, God began to give him revelation of, of Jesus and of heaven and of the throne. And he began to see things. And he, he wrote these things down and he, he, he saw there that there was God in in that place on his throne a rainbow that shone around encircling the throne he he was in awe of, of God as he received that revelation and he wrote these things down he said whenever the living creatures give glory there's the living creatures around the throne and the 24 elders he says whenever they give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders then fall down. See, that's worship. It's a response. Fall down. They fall down before him who sits on the throne. And they worship him who lives forever. And they lay their crowns before the throne. And they say, watch this. You are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will... They were created and they have their being. And so what's happening in, in heaven is worship. What's happening in this, in this uh, setting is John's getting a revelation again of how amazing and powerful and awesome God is. He's getting visions of the throne and again the rainbows encircling the throne and, and all of the awesomeness of God and, and what you know, he, he looks like and what this picture looks like. And, but these 24 elders and, and the ones that are around the throne, uh, as they worship God, it's like they keep getting, they, they do this for eternity seemingly. They, they just continue to worship God and you think, what, the, what in the world would that be like? Like I remember a Sunday school told me a teacher told me one time when I was a kid when we get to heaven we're just going to worship Jesus for eternity I thought how much fun is that because I don't really like singing songs in church 
Like, am I going to sit on a cloud like an angel, like strumming a harp, eating Philadelphia cream cheese for eternity? Like, is that, is that my lot in life? But that's such a limited perspective. But what is what John see? He, he's trying to put into words. But God is awesome, and it's like the 24 elders and the, the ones around the throne as, they, as they, 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 they worship and they bow down and they worship God. And then may, I could just kind of see it, and they just kind of get over it. They're like, oh, God, you're just so amazing. And they kind of stand up, and they go, wow, that was amazing. What a worship service that was. Hallelujah. Did you feel the presence of God in that place today? And, and all of a sudden, they kind of look at each other and like, hey, so, you know, should, Harold, you know, should we go for lunch? Like, is the na- angel's name Harold? Maybe, like, hark the Harold. You get it? Anyway, uh, you know, should we go for for lunch and they kind of like yeah well you know maybe we can go down you know to another galaxy they got a new restaurant happening over there and whatever and and then all of a sudden they're like they, they, they kind of get a glimpse again of god and they're like oh, i gotta worship again hold on we're gonna, we're gonna start we're gonna fast this lunch hour <laughs> we're and they just begin to go holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor. And they just go back into their worship song. And then the band comes back. And then they, they worship for another several thousand years. And then they kind of get through that worship. And they're just like, okay, well, what do we do now? And it's like, you know, well, that was a great worship service again. And also they catch a glimpse again of God. And they just cannot help but continue to worship because of who God is. We don't worship God like we should when we don't see God for who he is. we got to get a revelation. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to give us a fresh revelation as a congregation over these weeks. He's going to give you and me a fresh revelation in our own walk with the Lord. And then also it's very appropriate, even from a scriptural perspective, to worship God because of what he has done. How many know he rose from the grave? How many know that he forgave our sins? How many know that if Jesus didn't do anything else but forgive you and me of our sins for eternity, that would be enough? But he's given us so many more things. He's given us his blessing, his grace, his power. He's given us so much. And the psalmist, he he says, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he has done for me. May we never forget. May we worship from that place. God, you've been so good to me. He forgives all my sin. And he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with, watch this, good things. God is, God is a filler of good things for your life. He wants to fill your life. He wants to fill your family. He wants to fill you today with good things that you would walk out of this place full of praise, full of worship, that your life would move to another dimension of being a worshiper. And I like this, that my youth is then renewed like eagles. How many say amen to that? I'm getting too old. I need some, I need some youth renewal eagle cream on my eyes. How many would say God's been good to you? He's been good to you, and he's worthy of our praise. And then this morning, worship confronts pride in our hearts. And this is one of the practical things. One of the things that when we come together at church on Sunday morning, or even if we're in our room all by ourselves, when we feel the drawing of the Spirit to say, worship me. How many times is it easier just to come up with excuses, come up with other things that we're thinking about or doing, and 
And then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to say, worship me, spend time with me. And even in a worship service sometimes, and listen, I 100% respect everybody because worship's about the heart. It's not about the outside. And God looks at the heart, not at the outside. So there's no judgment in this room. If you want to worship Jesus and just sit in your chair and close your eyes or open your eyes and stare at the ceiling or if you want to lay at the front or if you want to stand and raise your hands and whatever, like you can, you can do that from your heart. There's no judgment in this room. But I, but I will say that when God calls us, sometimes he'll call us out of our comfort zones in worship. When's the last time that you followed the Lord's obedience out of a comfortable place? Because when we're called out of our comfortable place is when we begin to step out in new realms of faith. When's the last time you moved from a, from a place that was comfortable? Poor Eutychus in the book of Acts, he was sitting in the window when Paul was preaching till midnight. And it says that there were lamps, many lamps in the house. And it was an upper room. And I can imagine Eutychus, Paul's preaching. He's like, oh man, this guy's preaching so long. I'm going to go sit in the window, cool down. It's hot in here. And he goes and sits in the window. And it says he fell asleep. He got in a comfortable place. He fell asleep and he died. And Paul had to go down, stop the worship team, go down, you know, pray for him, like, hate it when a guy, you know, like actually falls out of a window in your church service. You have to like, okay, guys, just, can you sing that song again? I'm just going to be right back, all right? Just, I'll take another offering or something. You know, <laughs> like, what do you do? But when you're comfortable, you can fall asleep. You know, when God spoke to Samuel, he was a little boy, he was in the temple, and, and Eli, who was the experienced professional, it says in those days there were not many visions. And Eli was sleeping and Samuel was sleeping by the ark. It says that Eli was sleeping in his usual place. But Samuel, where was he sleeping? By the presence. Eli somehow got comfortable in his usual place and stopped hearing the Lord. And it was a heart, it was a childlike heart that was hungry for the presence, in the presence, near the presence. What would it be in your life that God would call you to take a step closer to his presence out of a place where you're comfortable? And may I submit to you this morning that that's a heart of worship that says, God, I'm just going gonna, gonna to follow you. I remember being a kid, probably 13 years old, and I grew up in church, so I was kind of, you know, in my own life trying to figure out my own faith. I remember going to a, it's one of my first times at, at our youth service. I met a great youth pastor, and he taught our, the kids to worship at a young age. And I remember being in that room, 13, there's kids that were 16 and 18 and even some leaders that were older than that and the band was playing. And, and in my heart, I was singing the songs that I wanted and I just felt like the Holy Spirit say, it's time for you to just raise your hands. And I wasn't comfortable raising my hands in church because I was a kid and I was awkward and I want, or was worried about what other people thought or whatever, right? Because I was thinking more about other stuff and other people. And so I began to, you know, kind of struggle with that. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying, I want you to move out of your comfort zone and I want you to raise your hands in worship. And it was probably the first time I had publicly raised my hands in church and worship. I remember a 13-year-old kid. And we're singing this song. And I lifted my hands and it was almost like I tapped into something. I lifted my hands and I felt, 
I felt supernatural uh, love and joy and freedom and release because I'd never kind of gone there before. And I began to weep uncontrollably. I, I was almost like I put my hands down. Maybe if I put my hands down, I'll stop crying. It didn't work, so I just kept them up. And I just began to weep, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit was just saying, I'm just drawing you, I'm just drawing you closer. I'm drawing you in. I'm drawing you out of where it's comfortable, and I'm pulling you in to a place of revelation. I want to give you a fresh revelation. You see, because you can't always get the fresh revelation when you're just on the sidelines. You gotta get into the stream, you gotta get into the river, you gotta get into the flow. If you're gonna experience the life. In Ezekiel 47, it's the river of God and it's life. Wherever the river goes, there's life. And there are some people that hang on the banks, but God is calling us, let's go deeper, let's go deeper, let's go in. And as you get in, you experience the life that God has for you. See, worship confronts pride because it requires openness and honesty. Worship is not just singing songs. It's acknowledging that I need God. I need him desperately. And this is why worship is physical. It's not just mental ascent. It's, it's from our vocal cords. It's from our expression. Because physical expression of worship, it kills fear and it confronts pride in our lives. It actually, it actually frees us. You know, I just want to say, First Assembly, I'm so thankful for this house. And I'm not trying to be critical of other churches or anything, but I was recently uh, observing, uh, I was at a worship service that I was observing and the band on stage was I would say was powerful anointed and I looked at the congregation and everybody there was just like some guys were looking at their on their phones and I just thought it's a shame that on the stage these people are experiencing worship and passionate but there were people in the in the audience it was just a crowd it was kind of a you know like a crowd kind of event and um, I remember just looking at that, and it wasn't a judgment against them because everybody's at a different place, but it was more of a, I'm so thankful for our house first assembly that we're learning to be a worshiping house, that we're growing in worship, that it's one of our values of our church, that we're a house of worship. The, 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 this is what the anointing and the grace is on this house. And, and there's something powerful that flows as we grow in this. And I just thank God when I come on Sundays, and again, it's not about an outward expression, it's an inward heart. But God is calling us deeper. And he's calling us to grow in this area in our lives personally and collectively. The sacrifice of praise, the scripture talks about, that we offer to Jesus continual sacrifice of praise. And one of the declarations we have over this house is Michael's led us in this in the past, and I want to just put it on the screens and I want us just to declare this this morning together as a declaration. This is who we are, that we will worship God with a sacrifice of praise. We will not stay comfortable in worship, but we're going to be a worshiping house. And so let's try to do our best to read this together. I'm going to start it out slow, and then let's, let's do the best, all right? First assembly declaration. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to start with we are. Ready? We are not consumers in worship. We are a church that gives our all in worship because God is worthy we choose to worship even when we don't feel like it. That's the sacrifice of praise. That's who we are. That's who you are. That's who God has called us to be. And we are worshipers. And finally, this morning, I'm going to ask the band to come back because we're going to move back into worship. But worship releases God's power and his presence in our lives. 
Again, as sons and daughters, there's, Jesus already loves you because of the cross. You're already a son and a daughter. You don't have to worship to make him love you more. But as God calls us deeper as worshipers, what happens is the supernatural dynamic of his kingdom and his authority and his rule begin to become established in our lives in deeper ways, in more supernatural ways. Our, our prayers become more effective. Our, 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 our prophetic utterances become more laser-focused because we're, we're, we're experiencing God. We're, we're not limiting God by our own limited mindsets. We're not limiting God by our own places of comfort. We're actually going deeper and deeper into his presence, and we're getting a fresh revelation of who he is. And we begin to declare, and we begin to speak his name, and we begin to move from the natural to the supernatural. And I believe that God wants to release all kinds of miracles today, signs, wonders, salvation. I believe that God is here today to do something supernatural in your life and through your life for his glory. And we're going to move now into a time of worship as we respond this morning. And I want to call us today to move to a place in worship that perhaps as we feel, as, again, as you feel the Lord perhaps calling you to go, that maybe is a little bit out of where you've been comfortable. And for you, it could be lifting your hands. It could be, it could be another area of worship in your life, not even just physically in a, in a collective setting like this, but something in your own life. It could be in the area of your time. It could be in the area of, of your finances, giving unto the Lord. It could be an area of obedience in your life that would be worship, that you would lay down something for God that he's been calling you to lay down. It's, it's between you and the Lord this morning, but, but that we would grow as worshipers. Why do we worship? Because of who God is, because of what he's done for us, but, but also we worship because it, it, it kills pride and fear in our lives and it helps us to live in the dynamic of the kingdom that he has offered us to live in at a greater level of walking in the supernatural realm. And, and, and it, he calls us then also to a deeper place of, of seeing his power and his presence in our lives. Paul's prayer in, to the Ephesians again was that his incomparably great power for us would be available for those who believe. That the power is the same as the mighty strength, the mighty power he exerted when Christ raised from the dead. This is available to you and me this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand up, if you would, and let's begin to just move again into a posture of worship. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, about midnight, they begin to sing praises to God. And there was an earthquake, and the chains broke, and the prisoners were free. You see, as we worship and as we praise, what happens is there's a spiritual quake that takes place in the city. There's a spiritual quake that things begin to shift and chains are loosed in your life. It's not just about you, it's about others. It's, see, worship is, it's not just about me feeling good. I went to church and sang a few songs and that was nice, it felt good. But it's actually partnering with what the Holy Spirit is doing in our city. And, and, and as we praise God in, in our circumstances that are painful, and, and we praise God, even, do you think Paul and Silas felt like worshiping Jesus with chains on? But they decided a sacrifice of praise. I'm 
going to be like those first assembly people that worship, even sometimes when they don't feel like it. They're just going to begin to declare God. And then as they declare God, they're going to get a fresh revelation of Jesus. And they're going to be overwhelmed by who he is. And then it's going to change their lives forever. It's going to change who they are. It's going to change how they walk. It's going to change how they talk. It's going to change how they, how they invest their money and their resources. It's going to change how they have their relationships. It's going to change them. Because they're encountering the presence of God in a, in a new and in a, in a profound way. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just hungry for everything God has for me. I'm just so hungry for more. He's got more. He's got more. He's got more. He's got more for your family. He's got more for you. He's got more for me. Come on, let's just be a people that are rooted and planted in the house and, and we're healthy and we're growing and we're worshiping and we're, we're just longing for more of God. Let's just be those people. Uh, and, and let's fulfill God's purposes in the city. Let, let's, let's, let's go where he calls us to go. Let's trust God. Let's step out in faith. And let's write songs. And let's, let's create. And let's prophesy. And let's call forth those dry bones. And say here the word. Somebody's got to do it. Why don't we do it? Why don't, why don't we be that church that's a city on a hill that's a light? Why don't we be that prophetic voice in our city today? Why don't we be a worshiping people that would say, I don't know what happens in that house, but all I know is they just, they, they, they just got a different revelation of who Jesus is. It's, just, it's more powerful than the average Canadian vanilla Christian. I don't want to be average anymore. I don't want to be lukewarm in my life. I want, to, I, want to, I want to experience everything he has. I want to be like the 24 elders around the throne where I say, Oh God, you are awesome. I, I, I can't even handle it anymore. Come on, let's just worship together this morning. As Claire leads us, let's, let's lift up our voices in this place. Come on, what a beautiful name, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat, he was the king of Judah. They were coming up against a battle. And they decided they were going to believe the Lord. They decided we're going to believe the Lord. They called the people together. They had a bit of a conference, service, kind of like this. Hey, we're going we're gonna to be worshipers. One of the most unprecedented battle strategies of all time. The Lord said, send your worshipers out. So they said, all right, we need a bass player, a drummer, a guitar. We need a choir. We're going to send you to the front lines of the battle. And as the, they begin to worship, the enemy got confused and they began to kill each other. <laughs> I declare the enemy's being confused over Calgary right now because the people are worshipers, have decided that we're going to fight the battle in worship. We're going to be worshipers. And if the devil wants to stop anything, he wants to stop you from praying and from worshiping. So we're going to resolve again today as a church to say we're going to be worshipers. We're going to be people of prayer and we're going to be people of worship. And we thank you, Father, that 
Even right now, the, the enemy is defeated. And we just pray, God, that it's going to begin to manifest. I believe that there's an anointing for healing here this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to call our prayer team to come right away. I know some people have kids. You've got to go in a few minutes. So we're going to have our prayer team right here. We're going to pray for healing uh, over your bodies if there's sickness. Uh, if there's any other need that we can pray for you, we're going to be available. And if you do need to slip out, you feel free to slip out. But otherwise, we're just going to keep praying and worshiping this morning. If you're here this morning, you have not yet surrendered your life to Christ. You can do that. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. He'll come into your life. He'll make you a brand new person. And so just pray that from your heart. But I'd encourage you to come talk with someone on our team at the front. They'll, have, they'll get a Bible for you. And we'll help you on your journey. And so, Father, today we thank you that you're at work at First Assembly. You're at work in our lives. You're at work in our city. And today we choose to be worshipers. We worship you for who you are, for what you've done. God, we worship out of our comfort zones. And God, we declare your power and your presence, Lord, to fall upon your people in new ways. And we thank you, God, that we serve a supernatural God, a miracle-working God. And so let us go from this place with the song of the Lord on our lips and in our hearts as we declare Jesus is the name above all names. What a beautiful name in Jesus' name. If you need to go this morning, you can be dismissed. We're just going to gather here for prayer and for worship.